prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. I continue to be the one-eyed host, at least for a short period of time longer. My eye feels like it's getting better. I actually am able to see uh, things through the cloudiness of it. We just lost – oh, there you are. Okay, we'll move you right back up, Dr. Page. Um, Let's just go ahead and bring him in here. Hold on a second. I just dropped this camera, I think. Or um, I'm going to just – hold on one second. I'm going to move me over and try to bring you back up and let's see. Anyway, today is uh, Friday, and that means that this is the pep talk uh, with Dr. Carl Page, my co-host. How are you doing, Dr. Page? Uh, doing quite well, thank you. We have you on the other side. We'll, we'll fix that after the break. Uh, anyway, uh, this is an interesting show because we're going to be talking. i got to stay back away from my mic. I've been telling uh, – people are telling me I'm, I've come out too loud on Facebook, and I think it's because I'm just too close to the microphone. Um, we're going to talk about a very interesting peptide, uh, and it's called copper peptide. Talk about it. Uh, tell us what it is and, 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 and some of the information about it. Uh, GHKCU is, is the, you know, the name of it. It's really a, a tripeptide, very small, naturally occurring, found in you know, multiple um, tissue locations in the body, um, really discovered roughly ni- early 70s. Um, it has a lot of uh, regenerative um, you know, skin, particularly impact. Um, works locally by really my concept of it is more like a copper buffer, you know, delivering the important uh, copper ion to places it's needed for a lot of physiologic response reactions to inflammation or recovery or neuroregeneration. Uh, but it also has some pleiotropic effects as well, and, and it has more recent data on, uh, you know, actually gene expression modulation, you know, more than just that local buffer for copper deposition. Now, th- this peptide seems to have an affinity to copper. It, it, what, why, why do you think that is? Why does this peptide, which it's a, it's a tripeptide, it's just very small, why does it seem to attract and attach to copper? Uh, you know, it's just the um, you know, chemical structure of it with the copper ion. It's, it's, it's almost like it was literally designed to do that. You know, it's, so it's naturally occurring. It was not a synthetic peptide. So, um, you know, and copper is very important in, on multiple uh, metabolic processes in the body. Uh, so it, it's it's its purpose in life, you know. It's essentially what is a what does a raccoon look like a raccoon? You know what I'm yeah, saying? It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> this is the way this stuff was made. So what does that mean to people who don't have enough copper? Because uh, there is a lot of there's a lot of people uh, who have copper deficiencies. In fact, I did a show probably eight years ago that linked uh, certain types of cardiomyopathy uh, mm-hmm. to suboptimal uh, levels of copper. It actually causes the uh, muscle of the heart to become weakened and striated, and it develops uh, a, a almost fibrous. Uh, t- uh, so, so, so we know there are people out there who don't have enough copper in their bodies. What happens if they don't have enough copper? Uh, you know, it's it's one of those chemicals that are elements that needs to be in the right range. Okay, you can get too much copper and it can cause problems, or you can not have enough copper and cause problems. So. And I think that's really where GHKCU comes into play on a local level with its effect is that it's that buffer 
um, that that can provide that copper when it's needed or actually take up the copper if there's too much copper for things to work at an optimal level. So that's at least my brain the way it conceives it is that copper buffer to really there to keep this, this local um, environment in balance related to copper metabolism so that you don't get in, inadequate levels or excess levels. You know, total body levels of copper can be overloaded for a lot of reasons or, in a, you know, inadequate production of certain proteins genetically. Um, or the inadequacy of enough copper probably is going to be, for most people, on a dietary basis. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's pretty, I'll just tell the patients, Google what's got copper in it, and you'll, it's a pretty... Well, but pretty there, 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 there's an interesting phenomenon. I actually had this uh, text messages between myself and Dr. Seeds. Um, and I think I shared with you that I was suffering from iron overload. Right. And, and right. more more people in the United States have way too much iron than than don't have enough iron. And right. iron displaces copper. The more iron your body absorbs, the more copper it displaces and you excrete. So there's a probably a good possibility that because we know that the literature shows that this naturally occurring tripeptide seems to, like so many things, diminish with age. And it could be that our propensity to accumulate iron could be helping drive this, this, this diminishing levels of, of, of uh, this copper peptide. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, that's, I think that's a great hypothesis. I'm not off the top of my head aware of uh, published literature that would support that, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, these elements do interact with each other, and the body has a very complex mechanism to try to keep that in balance. If you've got uh, too much of an overload of iron, which is very common in our current, um, um, uh, at least in the Western world, um, it, it does create copper metabolism abnormalities indirectly. And, and the majority of the patients that I'll see will have more too much iron as opposed to not enough iron. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's a much more common finding. Yeah, and so uh, this peptide uh, seems to play a profound role uh, on protecting liver cells. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there seems it actually. There's some research now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I just gleaned this research, but isn't there a study out there that shows that it's either protective or regenerative, and maybe part of the re the way the liver regenerates is because of this peptide? Yeah, there's definitely a, a, you know data available to support that. You know, I mean, it is, but you know soft tissue, skin, or where most of the data is, is going to be that's been published, but that may be more of a, um, you know, what's needed uh, in the community, you know, or what's in most demand. But, you know, the copper peptide and copper metabolism is regenerative as far as causing a new blood vessel and growth and recovery uh, on a cellular level uh, for, for multiple tissues in the body. You know, it's, it's not just a skin peptide alone, which is where most of the, you know, non- medical data you're going to see on it and where a lot of the published data is. Yeah, because the cosmetic industry is a $100 billion industry, and they seem to love this peptide. Again, because it's around right around 400-point-something Dalton, so it's, it's exactly at the threshold where it can get through the stratum corneum, but also because it seems to stimulate uh, resynthesis of collagen and structural fibroblasts in skin that it de that it desirous to keep your skin from from getting wrinkles and sagging right well i mean it, it can tighten new skin uh, reverse thinning of aged skin uh you know it kind of repairs that skin skin outside world barrier it was the 
skin's firmer, uh, has more elasticity, can be clearer, loss of some of the like brown spots with aging, fine lines and wrinkles. Really? List of positive things that are associated with application of it that are documented are, are a pretty long list of all good things. And since the you can theoretically get overloaded on copper with it and get copper overload, but that's hard to do. And if you do notice some of the early symptoms of it, just backing off the use of that, it will resolve itself. Um, Kirk Yeager posted a question. I'm going to put it up here now because since we just talked about iron, oh, if, you know what? I, I'm not doing a good job. I'm I'm half blind. Cut me some slack. <laughs> um, okay, so he said, is there ceruloplasmin interrelationship uh-huh. with iron uh, to cellular distribution? Uh, I don't know if he's asking this question about uh, this copper peptide because ceruloplasmin does have a relationship with iron absorption. We do know that, and storage. Uh, and in fact, uh, it may be a better target for identifying uh, tissue levels of iron in people. But I, I, Kirk, if you could post a little bit more, are you asking this question in contrast to the role of this copper peptide? And we'll wait for him to come back on that. So, okay. so um, let's talk a little bit about DNA. Uh, this peptide seems to have some sort of protective mechanism with DNA. Is that correct? There's some literature out there? There is some literature out there on that. Now, um, you know, DNA is vulnerable to, you know, ionizing radiation um, is the big issue. Now, I'm not, I don't know that I can explain to you in detail what the impact of the copper peptide is on protection of DNA, but it, there is data available. So the mechanism of action, I can't really go into detail because I'm not aware of that. So if you have anything on that, I'd be glad if you would throw it out there. Yeah, no, I, I really don't. I, I Again, I just glanced at some of this stuff because it's because this is a really interesting uh, – you know what I'm starting to notice? And I don't know if I'm, I'm right about this or you've noticed this as well. But it seems that these, these smaller peptides, these two, three, four, five, you know, even up to eight amino acid peptides – they seem to have pleiotropic effects that the larger peptides, even going up to growth hormone at 191 uh, amino acids, they seem to have more specific, narrowly focused effects. Are you noticing right. that? Absolutely. And, and when you look at this very small peptide, you'll see the little, you know, three, four sequences um, in the larger peptides. You know, right. They'll, they'll be there and having, uh, you know, playing part of that sort of. Interesting. Yeah, they'll, they'll be in the larger peptides. I, I, like I like to refer to the amino acid uh, uh, sequences that we see as syntax because we know that peptides are messages. And right. like messages, they have words and spaces uh, that tell the story. And words, to me, are like your example here, that you can look at some of these other peptides and you can see this peptide maybe two or three times at different points, the same way you would see the word the or and stringing together uh, a concept or an idea. So I, I like to refer to that as syntax. So you're saying that this peptide shows up as, syn- a lot of, as syntax in a lot of other more complex peptides. Yes, yes. And, and, and you know that's not true just for this one, but several other smaller peptides. But it, it is like a language, and that language, when you have a lot of words, has a much more specific meaning. And, and when you have small pieces, it can have a much broader, uh, you know, be used in a lot of different contexts, essentially, is what you're saying with the word syntax. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so... We do not understand all of this yet, but it is very fascinating. Oh, I know. 
you can get into a huge deep dive on it reading if you if you want to spend a, a few weeks on it. <laughs> yeah, well, we we leave that up to Doctor Seeds. Yes, let him do that. He does. Yeah. He does all the heavy lifting, and the rest of us look like, <laughs> and the rest of us look like geniuses. Yeah, he's downloaded a lot of it to me, so I certainly appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, what about its ability to uh, reverse the effects of aging? On it says specific tissues or certain tissues. What kind of tissues do we see that in besides skin? Obviously. Sure, skin's the big one, but, but neurologic tissue, cardio, cardiovascular tissue. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So, so those are probably the, the bigger ones. You know, the effect on nerve regeneration is particularly interesting because we have, you know, neuropathy, like we've talked about in a couple of talks. I'm particularly interested in that one myself. But, you know, those are going to be more likely on a, on a subcutaneous application unless you've got some really superficial uh, peripheral neuropathies, you know, but especially on axonal neuropathy where you have loss of the neuron. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in that and trying to see. Yes. What, you know, you know re, uh, demyelination and remyelinating a neuron, you've got a better situation there, but actually getting a neuron to regenerate is so far we've not been very good at that. So does this peptide effectively cross the blood-brain barrier? Um, you know, from a size standpoint, it, 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 it should. Um I, I can't quote you a study that says they've applied it topically or given sub-Q and seen it cross into the central nervous system. Um, but it, it's, it's getting pretty close at the, you know, 400 Daltons. I, it, 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 you know, nerve and blood vessel regrowth have clearly been documented with it. I don't know if that is from central nervous tissue, though. I, I don't have that data in front of me right now. You know, this is interesting because since it, since it naturally occurs in humans and mammals, uh, since it naturally occurs in humans, you would think that it probably does cross the blood-brain barrier. Again, of course, it's so it, small. Yeah, it should from a size standpoint. I just didn't want to quote it without having a data to back it up. No, no, and, I get it, yeah. Right. And, and then, you know, there's a possibility that it's been found in other tissues. You know, maybe it's like a lot of things it's produced there, but after an injury or a trauma, it may not be able to make enough of it to cause recovery. So, so if you were going to use this in your practice with someone who came in and had – uh, peripheral sensory neuropathy or even a, 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 a muscular uh, activation, uh, innervation neuropathies, you would give this to them systemically. You'd, like you said, sub-Q. What kind of dosing would you look at? Um, you know, the dosing, I always get confused with them because I use units and everything for all of this, and you like a... <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm a homebrew guy. You're, so you're, yeah, what, yeah. What, you're, what you're doing is when you get it from the pharmacy, it's already, it's it already right. reconstituted at a right. certain – so, so – uh, Maybe a couple of milligrams a day, one to two milligrams a day, something right. like that. Right. Yeah. Interesting. That's uh, probably what I would shoot for. Would you, would you do this uh, over the course of like twice a day, or one, one shot in the morning, one shot in the evening? Uh, because the, it would depend on the volume of, of what it would concentrate down to. Just, you know, because when you get above half a ml sub-Q, it's a yeah. little bit more sometimes. So it just depends on concentration of it as to how you would you know, split it up. And, and um, you know, at least off the top of my head, it is systemic, but I would probably want to apply sub-Q near where we had the neuropathy. Yeah. Get it because because I, I learned this years ago. So when you inject a peptide, uh, it starts to seek out receptors immediately. So right. naturally, it's going to saturate the receptors closest to the injection site first, and then once they're satisfied, it moves up the road, and it's this kind of almost like you know a, a rhythmic tr a transition outward. 
So you may as well, even like with uh, things like BPC-157, if, it, if you're dealing with tennis elbow, then inject it as close to the site as you can get reasonably uh, because right. it'll start to work faster, if nothing else. Right. I mean, if you're going for more of a systemic effect or upregulating growth hormone receptors or things, you might as well do it in the abdomen. But if you've got a targeted uh, tendonitis or tendonitis, I usually do apply BP-157 locally. I would look at the GHKCU if we're trying to achieve neurogeneration in the same way from a peripheral neuropathic standpoint. Yeah. I, I want to take our first commercial break, and when we come back, I, I want to talk briefly about uh, something that's kind of exciting about this peptide, and is that there was an early French study uh, that showed that it actually regrew hair. And when you talk about regrowing hair, there's a lot of guys, not you, I know you're, you're happy that you don't have I'm to worry. Happy. Yeah, I know. But, but there's a lot of guys out there, including myself, who would like to keep as much of our hair as possible as we go through life. And this peptide may have some real magic to it. Uh, so let's stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. We're talking with Dr. Carl Page. If you want to reach out to him, his website is medicaltransformationcenter.com. We're getting people in the audience who love Dr. Page. Feel free to reach out to him. We'll be right back with more of the Pep Talk. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. Are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you need? Do what I do and start your day with lipospheric supplements from LiveOn Labs. Unlike pills and powders, LiveOn's patented liposomal encapsulation technology transports nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin B, glutathione, acetyl-L-carnitine, and alpha-lipoic acid to where they need to be, your cells. Visit try.liveonlabs.com forward slash Carl to learn why I take these supplements every day to help me perform in the gym and in life. That's try.livonlabs.com slash Carl. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips. With 21 grams of high-quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you 
you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com. Or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Spit that out right now. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back to the Pep Talk with Dr. Carl Page and myself, Carl Lenore, who continues to get too close to the microphone. I want to kiss it. That's my problem, and I get too loud. And Dr. Seeds texted me. I've got it right here. And he said, sure, we can talk about it. So this fits nicely coming out of the break because I alluded to this, that there seems to be a quality to this peptide that may regrow hair, huh? Uh, yes, there's a lot of uh, already published data that was supportive of that. A lot of anecdotal data that's, you know, small um, small groups that have not been published. And then some pending study, uh, pending published data, current IRB in place with uh, Dr. Seeds uh, with his work on the hair regeneration, um, you know, using uh, the GHK, uh, GHK peptide along with a few other things to um, generate some quite remarkable hair regeneration. And, and the French study not only showed regrowth, but it showed that gray hair went back to the original color. And, and yeah. we, know, we know that copper plays a role in pigmentation of the follicle. Correct, correct. I mean, just like it does in the natural world with leaves and things like that to generate colors. And, you know, so, um, you know, it, it's an anti-inflammatory locally. You know, it has some ability to block uh, DHT, you know, alpha reductase conversion. Um, and, you know, those are already great things. But when you look at its angiogenic properties, um, its ability to help with uh, stem cell production and migration, you know, all, all of the things you would need to cause recovery of local tissue and regeneration are, are really augmented by the, by the copper peptide. So now that you mentioned about uh, anti-inflammatory effects, there looks like there is actually some research, new research going on, where they're looking at this copper peptide uh, in place of corticosteroids. Now, we know that corticosteroids, while they reduce inflammation, they do it at a pretty hefty price. They do it at uh, degeneration of soft tissue, uh, weakening of soft tissue, degeneration of muscle tissue, uh, uh, catabolic effects on muscle tissue. Uh, they also uh, uh, can screw up electrolyte dramatically and partitioning of calcium and sodium and potassium that can lead to at 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 least uh, facial swelling and and water retention at bad at, at worst changes in heart rhythm. So corticosteroids, while you know they're, they're what we got and and we need them sometimes. And and let's not forget most of them are delivered orally and they're methylated, which means that there's a lot of damage or potential damage to the, the, as they like to call it hepatic stress. So you have to take it for a short period of time. Right. And all of a sudden here we are, you know, once again with the peptide that doesn't do any of those horrible things, but may actually do all the things that corticosteroids are known to do, right? Uh, well, I mean, left out diabetes and weight gain and all of the other just yeah. sort of global systemic things that right. happen with steroids. So, yes, they've sort of been magical in a certain way, steroids, but they come like with, it's like using a sledgehammer to, you know, kill a fly. They just really obliterate so many other things and disrupt so much metabolism. So the uh, copper peptides have quite a, 
a, a unique ability, like a lot of peptides, to sort of come in locally, assess the situation, and act where they need to, and, and leave most other things untouched. And and, and they can be used in um, combined maybe with BP one five seven to help recovery from steroid local impacts and you know and things like that. You know to allow that you know when you get a big walloping i'm sure a lot of physicians have seen this where you give that shot of steroids in someone's muscle and they come in two weeks later and now they've got a giant divot or a loss yes. of muscle tissue there's horrible yeah yeah it, it does give you a short-term effect but it has a huge consequences downstream so um you know these type of peptides with the copper bpc 157 can help recover from from that type of damage that's generated from a traditional uh, medical management of a, of a syndrome. So is, is its anti-inflammatory effects that pronounced? That it, because corticosteroids, they, they work very quickly. A person could walk into their doctor's office and have a terrible case of chronic overuse in their elbow. The doctor gives right. them a cortisone shot, and by the time they're walking out, they're like, well, and I, I should, I have to step back. Most doctors include uh, some sort of anesthetic, uh, um, you know, uh, numbing agent when they inject it. They say it's so that they know that they're hitting the right spot, but that's really why people feel better immediately. But it's true that these corticosteroids are pretty fast acting at suppressing inflammation and pain. Would the, do the copper peptides work that fast also? Um, it's still as maybe within hours, you know, it's, you know, six to eight, 12 hours, depends on the steroid used and half-life of it and the potency of it and the volume you would use as to how soon you would get an impact from it. But you're right, the most immediate thing with the steroids is going to be the thing to make it kind of numb it up. And right. That, um, but but um, then your, your um, you know, copper peptides, you know, I don't know if I've got information or data to give you that say that they're going to immediately replace that in clinical use, but they've got a lot of potential, and certainly there's a lot of work that needs to be done in that area because the the downsides of long-term use of either local or systemic steroids are going to way outweigh their benefits in, in a lot of cases. And the physicians administering those in, in the vast majority of cases are, you know, getting informed consent on that. I mean, you sign some papers before they stick these needles in you. It's going to make you feel better, but there's going to be some downsides to it or potential negatives. So, yeah. I don't, you know, they're aware of that. And it does dictate the amount and the volume you use in local steroid injections and how much you can use in a particular tendon. You know, if you just took, um, who, who was it the other night that they thought blue is Achilles, you know, um, 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 Oh, uh, Kevin Durant. I, I hear that. I hear about this story. This story I've heard over the years, every time. I've heard about uh, someone getting a steroid injection in an elbow, in a wrist, in in a muscle, in the in in, in, in the leg, and literally, like two weeks later, blowing blowing a tendon. Just it's, it's very common. Yeah. And and, and and one of the things I discovered, and correct me if I'm wrong. Because I may be wrong, but but chronic use of uh, which there are a lot of people who have chronic pain and say they say oh you know can only get three cortisone shots a year or four cortisone shots a year, but by the end of the year, uh, the affected uh, uh, soft tissue, uh, the, the 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 tendon itself starts to develop what is known as tendinosis, where the the tissue starts to unravel and and become striated and more rigid, where it's actually prone to breaking. Right. It's, it'll create a, a section of the tendon that's uh, like a weak link in the chain, essentially. And, and the whole tendon itself is at the same. It's going to stress fail at wherever that weak link is, essentially. And uh, 
you know that that's known to happen with with um, you know large tendons like a you know Achilles and things like that. They're not going to drop a big load of steroids into that because it just takes too much load and it'll it's going to fail. You know if that happens. So. Yeah, so this is another area of exploration for this copper peptide. Yeah. Uh, so, so this copper peptide, if if t- it, it, would it be wise to use this copper peptide as a prophylactic as you're aging uh, to to put into your re- you know because I use a lot of peptides prophylactically. Uh, mm-hmm. I use BPC one fifty seven post workout all the time uh, because I want to recover faster. Uh, I have now switched away from growth hormone and I'm using uh, one hundred micrograms of uh, GHRP6 and 100 micrograms of uh, real CJC1295. It always fr- frustrates me that I have to qualif- quantify or qualify. CJC1295 has the drug affinity complex. If it's not, then it's just called growth hormone-releasing hormone. But <laughs> I use, I use uh, 100 micrograms of each uh, a couple times a day. And, uh, and, and so I'm using these things prophylactically. They're not therapeutic because I don't have a problem yet. Could I use the, this copper peptide prophylactically, you think? Uh, from a recovery standpoint, uh, for, from a skin standpoint, yes. I mean, a lot of people will use it for, you know, fine lines, wrinkles, um, you know, age spots. Uh, you, you use it for a while, get the, as the skin recovers, then you can back off. You do have to watch local overload. If you were to, I wouldn't use it every day for months on end, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can watch local effect. And when things start to regenerate, then you can decrease frequency and even use intermittent use on it. But from a skin standpoint, absolutely. From a, you know, body recovery standpoint, you know, it has um, data on it for use as an experience with it, for use as a general recovery peptide. And, um but the main things are going to be initially skin elasticity, um, you know, as, and skin recovery is where we've got most of the data now. Now hair, hair recovery. Um, the hair, the hair one. Look, look, regrowing hair or protecting hair from being lost in the first place is a multi-billion-dollar business. It, it 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 goes from hair weaves and and hair transplants to federal uh, FDA approved. Uh, shampoos and drugs and 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 so on in fact we just picked up a new sponsor keeps.com and they mm-hmm. offer two fantastic fda approved uh one is a shampoo at stupid low prices like this stuff if you, you try to get it locally it, it's it's ridiculous but it's like ten dollars a month with them but <laughs> but this is this is this is big business like next to erectile dysfunction i would i would say that more men are worried about their hair than their erections. And, and you know, I would say it's probably bigger than that because if you don't have the confidence to really get out of the house and initiate contact, um, you don't need, to <laughs> you don't need an erection. Exactly. Yeah. That's a really good point. But, you know, but, but the, the reality is that if this really works and I can't wait for Dr. C. So, so those of you who are members of IPS already, we have a lot of physicians who listen to this show. Uh, you already will know about this because Dr. Seeds is preparing a lecture now about using uh, this copper peptide to regrow hair. And I'm sure he'll get to the bottom of it, whether or not pigmentation comes back as well. But if this works, this is going to be like, forget about it. It's going to be huge because because instead of using uh, drugs that that a block DHT, which have other side effects, or instead of using things that, you know, you oh, well, after you put it on, you can't go near your children for an hour, this will be injected 
uh, micro-needled into the scalp, and hair will start growing. Do you know what period of time they're looking at hair regrowth to start sprouting? Because I know the antigen, there's phases of hair regrowth that you have to sure. wait for them to wake back up. Uh, you know, there's, there's uh, initiation of the protocol and then ongoing use, but it's in the matter of, uh, you know, weeks to months that you're going to, you know, uh, yeah, it's not like 10 years of application before you can see a turnaround on it. Um, it's quite remarkable is, is the, you know, the initial preliminary things I've seen on it are, are quite remarkable. Um, Forget about Bosley and all these companies that charge you tens of thousands of dollars to take hair off the back of your neck and put it at the top of your head. If you could just inject the scalp and get the hair to start to regrow, what guy wouldn't do that first? Well, then, the, you know, we're looking at back at just how the peptides work. I mean, they work locally. They're signaling triggering molecules. They um, sort of, I look at them like buffers of life. You know, they normalize the way life's supposed to work in their local application when they're having their impact. So it's it's you know, really remarkable how these little little small peptide sequences are like the words of the language of life, essentially, and that makes sense when you understand what they are and how they work, and kind of explains the ability to have uh, very potent uh, effects with really uh, negligible, for the most part, uh, potential or even me- measured side effects. I, I you know I've looked into this because I've said this one I said this uh, one day unabashedly and then thought you know I better go back and look. But the reality is that I don't think there is any peptide we're using today, and this includes growth hormone, other than insulin, other than insulin, that there is a known lethal dose. I mean, uh, some of the biggest doses, I mean, uh, HCG, they give women 10,000 units in one uh, uh, intramuscular shot to stimulate uh, the correction of hormones that make them fertile. I mean... Okay, I've taken too much melanotan one time, and mm-hmm. it wasn't pretty because every every uh, dark spot on my body literally turned black. It was like, oh my god, <laughs> I just gave myself black cell carcinoma. You know, no, it was, <laughs> but that's what it looked like. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, those things. I mean, they yeah, they make you nauseous and stuff like that, but they don't kill you. These peptides, by and large, are fairly, you know. Uh, easy to deal with if you take logical doses. Sure. And if you follow, um, you know, the available guidelines on dosing, you're going to experience side effects, you know, local site injection side effects, maybe some flushing uh, with CJC. If a lot of people will get, you know, every uh, multiple injections, they'll get a flush episode. Um, but and it is make you, it does make you feel a little strange when you do it, but it's, it goes away quickly and yeah. it doesn't have any residual. Um, there are ones, particularly with the growth hormone secretagogues, you know, the super potent ones that are last forever, then, you know, long-term overuse dose comes along with all the known side effects of excess growth hormone use. Right. But that's why things like CJC and IPA, you know, being low potency and not uh, saturating the receptor are, are much better alternatives than we used to have. So uh, the availability of these modified peptides, tweaking them down to the a dose that works but doesn't have side effects uh, of any measurable amount if used appropriately is, is just wonderful. So if I wanted to, hey, I can't, I'm listening, I'm thinking of this. If I wanted to add uh, uh, this copper peptide uh, to my morning regimen of peptides as a prophylactic, because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, you know, I'll just inject it. It'll work on my skin. It'll work on my liver. It'll work on other tissue, it'll work on inflammation. I'll just inject it. 
if I wanted to take that as a prophylactic, I had no real signs of anything that I was trying to reverse, one milligram a day, you think? Yeah, but I would probably pulse it just because of the potential for theoretically copper excess over time. Because you don't know what your uh, you know uh, environmental exposure is going to be. You know how well do you clear copper? You know do you have problems with ceruloplasmin that you don't aren't aware of? You know copper metabolism or copper clearance defects. So I don't know that I would just start randomly on a patient with a daily dose ongoing. You would uh, I would likely pulse it if we were going to use it in that uh, manner. And you would also want to monitor um, you know what copper uh, in the system. You know red cell copper or you know, serum coppers, just to see if the patient had an overload. And also, at the same time, look at zinc metabolism because there is an interplay there as well as with iron. And uh, when you say pulse it, what would you would you use it uh, every third day, something like that pulse? Or? Well, and that would be less likely to get you into a problem. Or, right. or maybe it's like, you know, three or four weeks on, a couple months off, you know, one of those type of things. You know, that might be a, that's a safe way that you could use it. But it's certainly ongoing use continuously. I don't know that I would recommend that. Okay. I want to take one last commercial break. And when we come back, I want to, I want to touch on the, the DNA protective effects because there is some literature out there. And, I, and you may not have seen it. So if we can't talk about it, we can't. But there is some literature out there that shows that this may protect against certain types of, of cancers. And mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll, we'll pick that up on the other side. We're talking with Dr. Carl Page. This is the pep talk. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Wanting to try CBD but not sure what to trust? Check out H-Hemp. H, like healthy, happy, honest. H-Hemp CBD system makes it simple with one CBD tincture. Available in three great tasting flavors, a super powerful breath spray that GQ Magazine named a top CBD product, and a topical CBD balm that is simply the bomb. Relax and feel better naturally with the H-Hemp CBD system, available at hemp.com. There's a phenomenon today. So many of us sit for hours each day. Slowly, our bodies respond by shortening certain muscles. The psoas gets shorter and shorter over time. It leads to lower back problems, stiffness when standing, and inhibits your running performance. Now there's psoright.com. That's P-S-O hyphen R-I-T-E dot com. Psoright is a device that allows you to stretch your psoas muscle and return them to normal function. And it does it better than any stretching movement or chiropractic adjustment can. You can use it in your home, office, or at the gym. Experience what thousands of people already know. Check out pso-rite.com and save 20% off when you use the code SHR. Sleep is one of the most important factors in maintaining health and longevity. And in today's environment, with all the artificial light we're exposed to, there is nothing more important to use to protecting your sleep than blue blocking glasses. And there's only one blue blocking glasses that I will trust ever, and that's Blue Blocks. B-L-U-B-L-O-X. If you go to the website blueblocks.com and use the code SHR15, you'll save 15% off the single best blue blocking glasses in the world because you can wear them comfortably and still function, watch TV, work on your computer, but it blocks all of the important blue and green light that has been responsible 
for shutting down melatonin production and causing people to sleep poorly. Don't waste another night of sleep without wearing Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X, tonight. Put them on at 7 p.m. and you'll be asleep by 9 p.m. and you'll get the best night's sleep you've ever had. If you've never used them before, you are missing out. Blueblocks.com. Use the code SHR15 to save 15% off. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new transformation challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one dot com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in Can-See eye drops. I've been using Can-See for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using Can-See eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit Can-See eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. Can-See eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Cansee eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansee eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. Imagine how successful your life would be if you could double your focus, double your mental energy, double your problem solving, your creativity, your willpower. Sounds too good to be true, right? That's what I thought until someone handed me a bottle of Qualia Focus. Qualia Focus is a mental performance formula that combines 24 of the most powerful molecules on earth to noticeably boost your brain power within just a few days of taking it or your money back. Qualia Focus blows coffee away, but a serving actually has less caffeine than a cup of coffee. That's because it boosts brain power the healthy way. Just go to neurohacker.com. That's N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com and enter coupon code SHR at checkout for an extra 15% off. And a serving of Qualia Focus costs one-fifth of that coffee you're drinking right now. Unlike coffee, Qualia Focus nourishes your brain in a comprehensive, healthy way for amazing brain power you noticed in just a couple days. That's neurohacker.com to try Qualia Focus and discount code SHR at checkout for an extra 15% off. All backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee. Qualia Focus is a life changer, I promise you. Try it now for amazing brain power at neurohacker.com. Move over, superheroes. This is the Superhuman Channel. I sound like Lou Costello. When they speed up my voice in the, in those spots, there was a lot that I had to say, and I had to say it in a short period of time, so they had to condense everything. And I swear, I sound, I'm listening, I, I, hey, Abbott! I sound like Luke Costello. So anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about cancer. Do, do, are you aware of some of the research on, uh, on, on this peptide and cancer? Yeah, there is published data on that, that I, I, I have reviewed uh, some of that. You know, it's relatively recent, too. You know, in 2010, 2014, there's right. been a couple of published studies that are, are out on particularly uh, metastatic colon cancer and, you know, changing the gene expression signature to, uh, um, you know, um, you know, help with that. Um, and worked on multiple different pleiotropic pathways to sort of realign the uh, gene expression signature back to not being cancer-related. Um has things with skin cells and uh, recovery from uh, fibroblasts from ultraviolet radiation and damage. Wow. To 
yeah, you know, which is, uh, you know, resetting the apoptotic mechanism if a cell uh, might become damaged to go to let it return back to its natural. And, that, and that's and that's from the anti-inflammatory because we know things like ginger and curcumin they help to reestablish that apoptotic landscape by suppressing right. inflammation. Right, right, and you know, allowing the body to go ahead and deal with that potentially uh, disrupted, you know, cancer cell. Um, it also has been uh, shown to inhibit um, um, neuroblastoma cells and, and um, histiocytic lymphoma cells. Um, you know, all the way back to 1983 and some published data with uh, uh, the Pauling Institute uh, regarding GHKCU and uh, combinations of vitamin C. Um, it would um, mm. work on realigning that uh, expression of cancer cells and, and upregulating um, genes that would help the body recover uh, from cancer or have just general anti-cancer properties in general. That's so, pretty exciting. That yeah, is pretty exciting. Stuff, yeah. So, so if, if I were to use this, uh, I, let's say I'm vain and, and I'm not, because otherwise I would have <laughs> done something about all these, this, this uh, brow here. Um, but let's say I want skin quality. Would I follow that pulsed approach and just use a milligram maybe every third day and just give myself some time? And would I see changes uh, to my skin, you think, if I used it systemically as opposed to topically in a cosmetic delivery? You know, in, in theory you would. If you had particular areas that you wanted kind of like the BPC and tendinosis or tendinitis, I probably would apply topically to specific areas, particularly, you know, fine lines and wrinkles around the eyes and things like that. I would want to use a topical solution in those areas until I saw some effect and then back off. And, of course, with the hair regrowth scenario there, you know, you're going to want to apply locally to where you want the hair to grow if you're going. But, but, but in theory, but in theory, yeah, you, you'd want to apply it locally. Right, so because you, you'd want to really establish its effects in that tissue, because we we know that scalp tissue has uh, has impaired blood flow also as we age, but mm-hmm. but um but in theory, if you were using it long enough at let's say once every third day for years, you might actually start to see some hair regrowth just on its own. You know, if you're correcting the uh, cellular processes, you know, by systemic use that sort of led to. Um, hair loss in the first place, then certainly would be part of a general uh, recovery regimen for hair, uh, you know, at least in a theoretical standpoint. I don't think there's any published data on it use like that right now, though. Right. So Aiden Ray has a good question. Uh, he says, is zinc supplementation recommended when you are pulsing? And, and this is a really good question because while we're talking about this copper peptide, it's really the the pro the amino acids that create the magic because this acts different than just regular copper. Right, it's not. It, it is that sort of buffering in the uh, cellular milieu or intracellular milieu. The copper adding it when you need it, pulling out when you don't need it, need it, and then the multiple pleiotropic gene expression and downregulation effects that the peptide itself has. You know, so it's, 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 it carries copper around and delivers it where it's needed and pulls it out when it's not needed. But the peptide itself has its own um, in, impact outside of just the copper metabolism um, effect. You know, as far as zinc supplementation, you know, that's more looking at systemic levels of zinc versus copper. You know, if you're overloaded on copper, you have to use zinc to get the copper levels to come down naturally. It will balance that out. Um, and, and those have so many... Uh, you know, the balance of copper zinc has so many impacts on multiple metabolic pathways and mood and neurotransmitter metabolism. So, um, 
many people are zinc deficient, you know, when they're they're measured, and and but it's a balance of copper zinc, so you can't give zinc long term without making sure you're monitoring zinc and mm, copper. Interesting. Yeah. So that that's a good point. Um, so, in 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 summary, the local effects of it uh, are much more pronounced. Obviously, if you do want to change the quality of your skin, you probably want to get a cosmetic uh, that has it in it. But if you want to just use it prophylactically to see how it can improve the quality of your complete functionality, then you would use it. Uh, you would use it uh, systemically. If you're a doctor listening to this show. Or you're a patient who would like your doctor uh, to have access to this stuff, then what you need to do is, number one, uh, tell your doctor about the International Peptide Society because they should join because they will be trained to uh, prescribe and use these peptides with their patients. But then you also have to know where to get it. And the reality is that the place to get these peptides is at tailor-made T-A-I-L-O-R, made pharmacy, compounding pharmacy in Nicholasville, uh, Kentucky. I've been out there. Uh, they have amino acid uh, sequencers. They don't use recombinant technology to produce any of their peptides. Uh, the, the quality, the purity uh, of their peptides is, is, is unparalleled. And so you do- your doctor can then prescribe for you and have your prescription filled so you can take advantage of these uh, types of things. Uh, and with the skin-based peptides, you kind of have the same issues you do sometimes with the non-analyzed uh, uh, research-grade peptides. You can get prescription topical copper creams and foams uh, for application, you know, through TaylorMade Pharmacy, and that's the the ones that I use with patients because they're, you know, where with the non-prescription level, there's always the issues of purity and you know degradation of the product and, and storage, and you know, so you want to treat them just like any of your other small amino acid sequences that they, once you mix them with a thousand other things in a topical cosmetic solution, you don't really have a lot of data on how well that's going to work. It it may work great, it may not. You know, some of them have an impact, but you can get prescription-grade compounded topical copper peptides for skin care. I want to, is there anything else you want to talk about, about this copper peptide? I mean, the most exciting thing to me is the hair regrowth and possibly, I mean, (laughs) that that is like. I'm excited for my patients, actually, because we're going to, be introducing that for them, but, but uh, uh, personally, I'm, I'm totally fine with lack of hair on my head. It's like no, I know you, and you look good with it. You know, you you get that Kojak kind of thing going on. Yeah, you know, yeah, but good. but you know, I I have a really bad mug, and I can't even imagine if I had a dome on top too. It would really, <laughs> I'd be a scary guy to look at. So I'm going to try to keep my hair, and I'm hoping that copper peptide uh, works for me. Um, I want to I want to talk about something else. You know, just a, kind of a day in the life. So. Uh, three weeks ago, I scratched my cornea. Uh, being the thick-headed Italian that I am, I insisted on continuing to wear my contact lens, which led to an infection. And now I have an ulcer on my cornea. And while the ulcer will reverse, I stand to have an aberration in my cornea, a scar. If there's a scar in the cornea, it's going to look like a little wavy or a little dull spot in my field of vision. And obviously, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Um so I started digging around, and uh, they've got me on a bunch of different uh, – some nasty antibiotics, Doc. Uh, I'm, taking a, a, I'm taking a topical vancomycin and mm-hmm. tobamycin, and they make me dizzy because they're getting into my brain, uh, and they give me all those same symptoms 
that they give people who take large intravenous doses. And so uh, I went to the doctor today, and I, 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 I'm getting a prescription for BPC-157 because there is great research out there that shows that BPC-157, when used in an eye drop, can actually uh, uh, eliminate the defects seen in healing of the cornea. In other words, in English, no scar, no blurred vision. And I'm like, I'm on this. I want to get this now. And so, you know, people don't understand these peptides are amazing, amazing things. And they are not just injectable or rub on your skin. Like, I'm going to leverage BPC-157 to make sure I don't have a scar on my cornea. Think of that. You should. And, and yes, absolutely. There's a lot of great data on that. It's, if you look at the pictures of it, which if you just PubMed search it, you'd be able to find those. They are, um, you know, if you PubMed, um, um, you know, BPC-157 coronal ulcers, there's human and animal data on that that's very strong and, and quite compelling when you look at the, at the uh, you know, control versus a treated group and, and that. I, if I had a corneal ulcer, I would be dropping it in my eye. But, okay, so now here's where not-so-smart Carl comes in, right? So I did. I did. But here's the problem. I, I took my BPC-157 and I reconstituted it with just sterile water for injection. Well, mm-hmm. it's not buffered. And, and, and peptides tend to be acidic. Why? Because they're made of what? Amino acids. Keyword acids. So when I drop that stuff in without having a buffered isotonic vehicle, it burns the heck out of my eye. That is not good. That's not helping my cause. Sure. And you've also got an open wound with an ulcer there too on it as well. So yeah. uh, any acidic solution on that's going to be uncomfortable. And I think your eye doctors would want to make sure you were using a sterile solution since they're trying to make sure no bacteria are growing in there. Um, and, and, and that's important because an infection on top of an ulcer is a, you may have worse than just an aberrant um, section of your visual field. Right. You know. Right. I, I was told that if this infection got in, now, now keep in mind the infection is gone, but I was told that if this infection actually breached the cornea, that I would end up losing the eye. Yeah. And so yeah. this is not, I'm not playing around here. I'm serious, you know. But interestingly enough, guess who has uh, eye drop form of BPC 157 in a buffered isotonic vehicle? Tailor made pharmacy. <laughs> Just got to ask, you know. A lot of times, even if they don't have stuff, they can get it for you. you well, know, they can, and, and, that, and that's how I start. I said, "Hey, can you guys compound it?" And he was like, "No, we already have it." It's like, yeah. "Oh, awesome!" So, yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, problem, yeah. peptides are just magic. People need to start paying attention to what's happening in peptide science uh, because these are things that fix problems and don't just cover them up and make you think that they're not still happening. And doctors need to get with IPS and join. They need to get trained. They need to start giving their patients access to this. This is this is the bleeding edge of the future of medicine right now. And and patients deserve access to it. So you doctors out there, you need to get on board and get with IPS and reach out to TaylorMade Pharmacy and start practicing the kind of medicine that you went to medical school to practice. You didn't go to medical school to practice giving people statin drugs and blood pressure medicines and no you went to medical school because you wanted to help people and how do you help them you fix them you don't cover up you don't take the battery out of 
the smoke detector and act like the fire is gone. You put the fire out. That's why the doctors became doctors and peptides hold the answer to allowing you to practice medicine the way you really want to practice medicine in the beginning. Is that an overstatement, Doc? Because I know your journey. Uh, you know, I, it's rejuvenated me on a personal level, but it's also rejuvenated, um, you know, with the other things I've done. But peptides are a huge part of what I do now um, from a practice standpoint. It's, it's so nice to have safe uh, tools that actually uh, resolve problems as opposed to just uh, block or dampen symptoms. You know, so there's the anti-aging regenerative effect of a lot of these peptides. There's, you know, people with chronic autoimmune illnesses, cognitive decline, you know, skin hair issues, you know, it's, it's a, you know, covers multiple areas because they literally are just, for the most part, analogs or just direct natural substances that might have been tweaked for, um, get a little more duration of effect in the body, um, but, they, but they're so clean and they have a profound effects at the local and systemic level. Well, that's all we've got today. This has been another episode of the Pep Talk. We, we do this every other week. Um, if you have questions for Dr. Page, email them to onair at superhumanradio.net. And if you would like to reach out to Dr. Page uh, to see about becoming a patient, you, you can, a lot of people have to understand something. You can be a patient even if you don't live in the state. You do have to visit Dr. Page one time in person uh, here in Louisville. If you come here, take me to lunch. And then <laughs> uh, once you get home, you can do the rest of it through telemedicine, Skype visits, and everything else. Uh, go to the website medical transformationcenter.com to learn more and if you have questions you have topics you want us to cover that are peptide in nature send me an email at on air at superhumanradio.net i know we got a question uh, this morning about the pep talk i will send that on to dr page and have him address it in another show okay dr page thanks a lot for being here brother thank you all right we'll see you later and we'll say everybody monday it's the weekend i'm gone see you then